Well, they finally beat a top 25 power conference team on the road. The last time that happened, the Irish returned home after a win over Oklahoma in 2012, only to barely survive in triple overtime against Pitt. Go figure, the Panthers are once again the opponent today. Just about no one giving Pitt a shot and that plays right into the Panther wheelhouse. Each year now they've uh, they've upset a top-ranked team. Miami last year, the year before Clemson. So, can the Irish stay locked in and avoid the letdown, or will fans be trembling in the stands at the possibility of a perfect season dismantling in front of their very eyes? It's time to break it all down. Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We are midway through the regular season and Notre Dame is still undefeated as the 6-0 fifth ranked Irish return home this afternoon to host 3-3 Pitt at 2.30 p.m. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU where you bank does matter. We're also presented by Orange Theory Fitness in Granger, voted the best one-hour full-body workout. I'm Angel DiCarlo, joined as always by former St. Joe and Elkhart Memorial football coach Kevin Downey. And Kevin, a three-touchdown win over Stanford two weeks ago. Then the Irish go on the road to Virginia Tech last Saturday, get the job done, finally beating a top-25 opponent on the road, 6-0 and back at home. There's a lot to like about this team right now, isn't there? Yeah, this could be a special team and a special season. What has stood out to you in the last couple of weeks? Uh, well, the offensive explosions, I think those are really big. Obviously, all the points, but they're just building on top of the full team. You know, their special teams are strong. Their defense was really, really good. And then now with that offensive component, they're putting it all together. On tap on this morning's show, our Focus on Faith segment is with Notre Dame kicker Justin Yoon. He has a very unique story. Didn't know what football was until middle school. Now he's Notre Dame's all-time leading scorer. He takes us through his childhood growing up in South Korea and how his Catholic faith has guided him every day and it's the midway point of the season so we'll give out our midterm grade grades position by position and irish illustrated's tim priester will join us just after 9 30 p.m to help us do so and of course we will break down the matchup with Pitt. let's start with the obvious question kevin notre dame 6-0 right and high Pitt, pittsburgh 503-3 is today a trap game you know i think uh <laughs> well obviously that's why we play the games but i think that notre dame's at a point now and i hope where they can kind of put the exclamation point on what they do so it wouldn't matter what the opponent is. But Pitt is a giant slayer, so it could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame beat Virginia Tech 45-23. Obviously, they've had two straight wins over teams that were then ranked in the top 25. Stanford and Virginia Tech have dropped out. But the bye week's coming up. It's cold out there. Uh, the, The fans were spoiled for four home games in September that were all nice weather. Uh, Pitt's three and three. They have some bad losses on their schedule, like North Carolina, but they beat a Syracuse team last week, forty four thirty seven in overtime. Uh, they're three and three, and they've been blown out a couple times, so they're kind of all over the place. So, is this a trap game? I spoke with Captain Drew Trinkle this week on how the Irish avoid a letdown. Just got to make the choice each and every day uh, to be consistent. It's uh, it's easy to go out there and do it one or two, you know, three games, but to do it for the longevity, 14 games of the season, 
uh, not many teams can do it, and that's why there's only one champion at the end of it. Do you have to remind guys about it uh, as a captain and as a leader to, to remind players that you gotta you got to be on it uh, every single day? Yeah, i got to remind myself. Um, I think we have to remind each and every one of us each and every day uh, what our goals are and what we're striving towards. Is that hard at times, Drew, uh, you know, in a long season to, to be able to, to be on top of your game every single day? Uh, I think, yeah, it's hard. That's why there's very few champions in life. Uh, to be consistent day in and day out and make the choices uh, that it takes to be a champion and to be on top, it's very difficult. And that's why, you know, only few teams can do it. Look, I mean, there's no reason this game should be close today when you look at the way Notre Dame's been playing. Um, but that's the reason why these are trap games. Because you have a team on the other side that is capable of winning the game. Uh, they played very well against Syracuse. Yes, I know it's my alma mater, so I'm a little biased. But, you know, Syracuse was had Clemson beat. They were up double digits two weeks ago, and they blew that game. So this is a... P Pitt team that is not necessarily great on paper, but maybe they have a little confidence coming to this game, and maybe Notre Dame's looking forward to the bye week. Fans are looking to get out of the stadium and get back into the, the warmth. I'm concerned about this one a little bit. Well, again, I think Drew spoke to uh, trying to make that consistency. They're obviously – Notre Dame has a focus this year, and if they can, if they're mature enough to handle the grind of it um, – you know, I think they're going to be ready. But again, that's that's why they play the but game. It, but it, but it's human nature, right? I mean, yep. naturally, after the way you played the last couple of weeks, you're coming back here. You know, you got the bye week. Get some time for us. It's human nature to maybe not be as up for this game as you've been the last couple of weeks. I know as a coach, you hate hearing that. But as a former <laughs> player, you know, that's the case, right? Yeah. But these guys went through the Ball State uh, epidemic where they, you know, they had that hangover game. But they're they a different team now. We've got Booker True. quarterback. We've got Dexter Williams. <laughs> so I would agree with you if it was the same team that played against Ball State and Vanderbilt. I would actually say, yes, that makes sense. They won't fall into the trap. But now they feel like. Oh, this is great. We're riding high. We got to just take care of business. Our schedule's easy the rest of the way. We can win out. We can go to the college football playoff. That's what makes today difficult. Well, and I guess Pitt's strength is the run game. So Notre Dame's strength has been consistently all year that front of the defense and, you know, the safety play. So, hey, if it's a great defense and those are your leaders, then step up and put them away. Let me remind you of a time when. Notre Dame beat a Power 5, Top 25 <laughs> opponent on the road. It was 2012. Oklahoma, they won. They returned home 8-0, eight eight facing a 4-4 four four pit team. 500, go figure. Yep. And what happened that day? Everyone was trembling in the stands. 29-26 <laughs> in triple overtime. The Irish survive against Pittsburgh. Uh, and go figure that Pittsburgh's the opponent again today. So, I mean... Nine of the last 11 games in this series have been decided by one one possession. So, and that 2012 game, that's going to be looming in the minds of Irish fans today. Well, totally. Well, 2012, that was a special year for the Irish, too. So, again, let's hope that they're putting it together. Well, and Pitt missed a 33-yard field goal in the second overtime of that one that would have won the game. Uh Notre Dame had some uh, luck on their side because they actually had, if everyone remembers, they had two number twos on the field, Bennett Jackson and Chris Brown on that field goal. So they would given, I think it was first and 10 at the 11 for Pitt in that second overtime. 
certainly they would have pulled the upset. So I wouldn't be surprised if Pitt's leaning on that card this week to remind their guys uh, of what the history is in this series. Yeah, and anything's possible. So you're going to look for a way to get motivated. And Narduzzi, he's a tough guy, a defensive guy. He's going to find a way to uh, get his team ready. He's a little crazy, too. Uh, (laughs) Brian Kelly was asked this week about the 2012 game and whether he looks back to it to learn from it to avoid a letdown today. I honestly can't even remember the the lead up into it. Whatever I did, I probably didn't do a very good job. So um, I'm not pulling anything that I did that week. I'm sticking with um, what our preparation has been. And the guys have done a really good job because it's, it's really how you reach the group you have in front of you right now more so than you know, thinking about what the group was about back in 2012. So we're going to stick with the group we have and keep working, you know, on what we're doing now. Yeah, I'd still be careful about this. I, I, if I was him after that was from Tuesday, I would have tried to think back at what happened that week to, to try to motivate your guys because you don't want that happening today. I, I'm just worried that everybody in the stands is just be like, oh, let's just get out of here. It's really cold. There's going to be. There's going to be no oomph in that stadium. I'm I'm not sure. And then if Pick hangs around, that's when that's when people start going uh oh, and that's never good. When you have the uh oh feeling as a fan, and you have an uh oh feeling as a player, when you're playing not to lose instead of playing to win, that's dangerous. And if they get into that position, that's what will make today dangerous. Well, this is a, a unique group. I think that they have some leaders at some key positions, and those leaders are also difference makers. So somebody can step up and put the game away. So what you're saying is you don't buy it. I don't buy it. <laughs> and that's what makes today a trap game because nobody buys it. Uh, Notre Dame offense continuing to shine. Dexter Williams, two games, 38 carries for 339 yards, 8.9 yards per carry, four touchdowns, 169 Yards per game for him. Obviously, we know about Ian Book has been fantastic. And how about Miles Boykin, Kevin? Uh, 19 catches in the last two games, most by any wide receiver since Michael Floyd in 2011. Well, and he's always had that athletic ability. It's just refreshing to see somebody get the ball to him. You know, you look at all the Notre Dame recruiting stuff, and you see the size and the speed and all the accolades when they come in. And especially somebody like him, you just hope that something can happen like this, that he can show what he can do. We asked Boykin and fellow wide receiver Chris Fink about Boykin's breakout two weeks in the last two weeks. Again, Stanford, my high school coaches there, I don't even know if you caught this many passes in high school <laughs> in a game. And I was thinking about like, no, I definitely had it. Like, I don't know if I don't know if he's telling the truth or not. But uh, no, it's it's not about the stats. It's it, my dream is just you know playing on a big stage here. You know, my dream is playing against Stanford. My dream is playing against Virginia Tech. So just to even be in those moments and you know being leaned on like that, it's not a, any. It doesn't have to do anything about the stats. It just has to do more me just you know being a part of this. Yeah, I mean it's the way I've always known he can play, and the way he's always known he can play, and now he's finally doing it, and everyone's seeing it. And I'm really, I'm really happy for him and proud of him for, for finally being able to string a couple weeks like that together and show everyone what he's truly made of. And um, I mean, he's just always given everything his all. When we're at practice, he's going hard. He's, he's preparing uh, outside of the building for for the game, watching film and all that. And obviously, he's just a physical specimen. He's whatever. He's six four and like 220 pounds and great leaping ability, great hands, runs good routes. He's fast too. Um, people don't really see how fast he is just because I think his strides are so long and it doesn't look that fast, but he'll pull away from you. Do you get jealous sometimes of his physical uh, stature? Not at all. That's Chris Fink, not jealous of uh, 
of Miles Boyd. I like that. The little guy is is okay with the fact that he's not six four. That's good. I'm I'm appreciative of that. Well, he has that confidence, you know. <laughs> he's an overachiever. <laughs> All right, the historic Garth Brooks concert at Notre Dame Stadium is just one week away. If you were shut out on tickets or looking for an upgrade, give Venue ND a call and ask about VIP experiences. Call 574-631-1400 to learn more or visit gameday.nd.edu to check out everything going on before the concert next Saturday night at Notre Dame Stadium. All right, we talk about Dexter Williams. We talk about Miles Boykin. No question, the biggest reason this offense is clicking is Ian Book. Definitely. You guys have been here a long time. I, I mean, if I was writing the book, yeah, I think, yes, there's a lot to be said for that. Um, it, it's it, it's incredible scrutiny on the quarterback position at Notre Dame. Um, incredible scrutiny on the quarterback position for Notre Dame. Silly scrutiny on the quarterback position at Notre Dame. So, yeah, I think if you could ever find yourself flying under the radar a little bit, um, that would be a great thing, whether it's – Real or not, it's it's hard to say. Um, his happened to pan out that way, you know, but he's not under the radar anymore. Ian Book. That's Brian Kelly this week when he was asked if Ian Book and other Irish quarterbacks over the last 10 years have benefited from being the ones that were under the radar uh, as opposed to being the five-star recruit. And Kelly's saying, yeah, well, right, Tommy Reese, Deshaun Kaiser. Ian Book, all those guys were not supposed to be the guy, and now they are. And I think they came to Notre Dame as good quarterbacks, and they develop into better ones. It maybe is sometimes easier to not be the five-star recruit when you come to Notre Dame. Well, the position does have a lot of attention, and maybe all that hype does kind of – you know, cloud the players' minds. They are still college kids. I think of like Jimmy Clausen with the uh, the limo <laughs> and the announcement. I mean, and and again, he was a he was a talented kid, but maybe there is something with that. And then obviously, uh, Wimbush is. We, we've talked about all the, the the mind aspect with him, and who knows how much that has affected him. And and Book though has been sensational. Seventy seven for one hundred five, seventy three. Percent completion percentage, 887 yards, nine touchdown passes, three rushing touchdowns, and an interception. His these numbers are ridiculous. Yeah, he's really on a hot streak. But again, I think his strength is just intuitive, uh, knowing what to do with the ball, making good decisions, that that underlying confidence, and he gets the ball to people that can do something with it. Believed to be the first ND quarterback since at least 1950 with a completion percentage higher than 70% in three straight games. I mean, uh, world of difference uh, between the first three weeks and the last three weeks, mainly because of this guy. Yeah, I think he's special, but I think the thing that makes him special is that he thinks he's special. He does have that confidence. It's not something he has to generate. All right, hope you enjoyed last night's battle between St. Joe and Adams in our Tire Rack Game of the Week. Next Friday, believe it or not, is the start of sectionals. We'll be on the road with the Indians as they travel to Kankakee Valley next Friday night to open up the postseason. Notre Dame FCU's tailgate talk gets you started at 6 p.m. with the Tire Rack Game of the Week to follow next Friday here on 95.7 FM. Still to come, Irish Illustrated's Tim Priester joins us live in studio as we give out our midterm grades, position by position, and break down the matchup with Pitt. And when we return, it's Focus on Faith with Notre Dame kicker Justin Yoon, who didn't even know what football was in middle school. And now he's Notre Dame's all-time leading scorer. His crazy story 
to stardom is next on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Join Bishop Kevin Rhodes, Bishop of Fort Wayne South Bend, every Wednesday at noon for his weekly show, Truth in Charity. On each episode, he joins host Kyle Hyman to discuss key issues facing Catholics in the diocese and beyond. Then he answers questions submitted by listeners. If you would like to submit a question, go to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Auto loans from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union can save you money. Why? Because the whole purpose of a credit union is to save you money. Catholic-inspired credit unions put faith into action. Pope John Paul II called them one of the church's most significant concrete achievements. Now it's easier than ever to be a part of this. All you need is a phone. You already share our values. Why not share in our savings? For a better auto loan or refinance from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, call 844-230-6611. Be sure to follow Redeemer Radio Sports on social media. On Twitter, it's at 957sports. And on Facebook, search for Redeemer Radio 95.7 Sports. We have the latest on not only Notre Dame, but high school front each and every day. Welcome back inside Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey breaking things down as we get set for the Irish and Pittsburgh coming up at 2.30 at Notre Dame Stadium. Last Saturday against Virginia Tech, senior kicker Justin Yoon became Notre Dame's all-time leading scorer as he surpassed Alan Pinkett on the all-time list. Yoon now with 322 points in four years as the Notre Dame starter. And Kevin, a a reliable four-year starting kicker who has pretty much done it all. Uh, That's a huge, and has done it from day one, that's a huge benefit for for. Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly, isn't it? Definitely. The specialists play a huge role in the game, especially, uh, you know, a kicker. You're going to get the benefit of it affecting your decision. Should we go for it on fourth down? Should we just get the three points for the field goal? Like he's he's uh, really consistent and that really does help their whole team. And tell you what, Yoon's path to this point is pretty crazy. Didn't even know what football was until middle school. He was born in the U.S., but grew up in South Korea. His parents have done everything to allow him to have a great education. And he says his Catholic faith has guided him the whole way. Here's my conversation with Justin Yoon in this week's Focus on Faith. Well, what does that mean to you to to be in the record books at number one? No, this is it's a great honor. You're you're in you're in history of of a traditional you know university. So I I mean I think there's there's nothing that can really you know you can't really say anything else but say it's 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 impressive. It's a blessing. I mean it's amazing. You know, there's so many things you could say other than you know that that fact. So I think you know in my mind I didn't believe it still, and I still don't believe it. Like I said, I, I mean, but I think. Like the fact that I was given this opportunity, I'm truly grateful for. You you have a, a interesting background. Your parents both are Korean immigrants, and they have interesting backgrounds themselves. Tell us a little bit about about your mom and dad, and and kind of a little bit about their history. Okay, so uh, to my knowledge, um, I know my father when he grew up, he lived in Korea, and he moved to the U.S. when he was 13. And he grew up in another family, actually. So he lived with another family as like a guest, an exchange student type of deal. Um, so he did. He went to middle school, high school, and uh, college all in U.S. Um, by himself. So it's pretty amazing feat while doing figure skating and all that. He was pursuing it, and then initially, I think he decided to stop because uh, he didn't want to go on the Olympic track route. 
But I mean, he had a, he had the chance to, but he thought academics was more important. <laughs> so, you know, he, I, I guess that's what he decided to do, and he's come a long way. I mean, he's, he's got me to where I am, and, and uh, it's, it's amazing what he's done. Uh, my mother, she's been in Korea for a lot of her life. I think when she went with my father, uh, that was the first time she went to the U.S., I think, from what I know. Um, she was a pharmacist and has always studied pharmacy. Uh, I know there's a whole rumor going on saying like how she was a silent film actress, but I'm pretty sure that's not true. <laughs> I did see that on Wikipedia. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's not true because uh, from what from my knowledge, she's been a pharmacist for all her life. So and she's right now she's right now the head pharmacist at um, our family business. Great, that's awesome. Uh, you were born in Cincinnati, but pretty quickly moved to to South Korea. Just kind of what brought that about? As soon as I was born, I think my father and mother all had to go back to Korea because of the family business. Um, My grandfather's uh, business, um, they had to go back and take care of that. And so that was part of the deal. Um, My mom was a pharmacist there and she had to work there. Um, And then the other part was while I was living in Korea, they just had me uh, go to an international school. So I'd still be, you know, assimilated with the, the American culture um, in school aspects. And then what eventually brought you back to America? I think my father decided that it was time for me and my brother um, to really go to the U.S. and see why, what the differences are. Um, so for my life, throughout my life, a lot of things have been adapting, moving, and, you know, the, looking at the cultural differences. Uh, so when I was eight, at like around nine or ten, that's when I moved uh, to Tennessee. And that's where my mom's work was as well as a pharmacist at Kroger. Um, so, you know, that, that all happened and worked out really fine. And I went to school in the U.S. Um, and learned that learned what a difference it was. So, so you had schooling in, in Korea, in English and everything, learned the American way, but you grew up in Korea. So when you came back, was it a culture shock or did you feel, uh, were you able to assimilate pretty quickly? Um, I think it was both. Um, I was definitely shocked in the sense of like, well, it's... It's, you know, I'm not with Koreans anymore. I'm with a lot of uh, other Americans. And so, you know, it was, it was a different culture shock. And the way they did, you know, everyone did things was different at first. But eventually I came to understand that, you know, hey, you know, I, I need to adapt to this and understand what I'm, what I'm getting into. So I started assimilating and I got pretty, pretty quickly involved with everything, with friends and whatnot. I mean, I was able to adapt really fast. I think that's part of what I do every day is I'm really easygoing, so I get to adapt really fast to things. We're talking with Notre Dame kicker Justin Yoon on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. You mentioned earlier your dad being a figure skater. Um, did he pass that gene on to you pretty quickly? I know you played hockey as a kid, so um, are you an accomplished uh, skater yourself? I mean, I would say so. Uh, I've skated all my life. I mean, I started when I was six. Um, so, I mean, I think it might have run in the blood. Uh, my grandfather played hockey, and my father played, uh, and he, he, he uh, figure skated. And then now I played hockey, and I grew up with his figure skating knowledge as well. I mean, he taught, taught me a couple of things, you know, to get better at skating. So I would say I'm pretty accomplished at skating. I mean, it's, it's, it's like second nature to me. If I were to go on the ice right now, I'd skate just as good as anyone else. So, When did football finally become in the picture? Uh, I came around in eighth grade, and I was—I didn't even know what football was. I just, you know, played soccer, played hockey, played lacrosse, and I was just having fun, you know, doing my playing these sports and enjoying my time. And um, I was just kicking one day at a, at my soccer field, you know, doing 
doing like goal kicks, corner kicks, free kicks, you know, making sure I hit the right spots and everything. And I think my football coach came by and asked me, and he was just like, hey, do you want to do you want to try uh, kicking, like kicking field goals? And I, I didn't know what football was. I didn't know what field goals were. I was just like, uh, sure, let me ask my dad first because I was playing three sports at the time, and um, I had an assumption football would be pretty dangerous, you know, just just looking at you know, looking at it after at that night, you know. And so my dad was like, as long as you play as a kicker, you're fine. So that's how it all started. And even then, like, I just played for fun. I, di- I didn't really think about it. You know, a lot of people told me, hey, you know, you could do this as a career. And I mean, what, what, is that, what does that even mean, <laughs> you know? Um, they were telling me that when I was in middle school. I mean, this is, this is talking like middle school. This is like way back. And so I was just like, you know, not taking it serious and just having fun with it. And once I got to high school, I actually quit for, for a bit because they – could didn't let me play um both two sports at the same time so my love and passion wasn't hockey I mean I was going to stick with it so I played hockey throughout that time I didn't play football at all I just maybe kicked on the side a little bit but I most likely was playing hockey at the time and later did I figure out that because I repeated a year my ninth grade um when I went to uh, Milton Academy I you know I was like you know why not try um sending them a film for kicking I mean because I was still practicing it so I played hockey I sent them a film for hockey and you know they're excited um and then I sent them a film for football just in case you know whatever just do it and I guess the coach really liked me so he decided to bring me in I mean like I said I didn't really know what I was doing I didn't I never really got that many snaps and holds and kick I I didn't know anything about it (laughs) So. so you're playing football for a year or two and then all of a sudden, uh, a prestigious prep school says, "Hey, come on board," yes. and, and you and you guys decide, "All right, I'm going to go." What, what made you your and your family say, "Yeah, I'm going to go to Massachusetts and go to high school there"? <laughs> so a lot of things. First, my father actually went to a boarding school up in Massachusetts, uh, Governor's. That's what it's called, Governor's School. Um, and then my brother went, and a lot of the things that I did kind of followed my brother's footsteps you know how a lot of do, a lot of little brothers end up doing that where's he the all-time leading scorer at that's uh a lot he's well i guess you could say he's the all-time leading scorer in uh, his medical school you know so, well that, that's important too there you go <laughs> there you go so uh, but um no i mean a lot of things that he's done is, is impressive and i for me he went to boarding school up in massachusetts well as well phillips academy andover i mean one of the most prestigious so uh, he went there you know went to Bowdoin college up in maine you know Graduated with 3.9 uh, de- degree in biochemical men- engine, um, bio pre med major and classics. I mean something crazy out out of there. And now he's at med school in Emory. So I mean he's doing fine himself. Himself I think. And so I just follow a lot of his footsteps and tried. I wanted to go to boarding school as well. I was like, hey, they went. Why can't I go? <laughs> and third, I when I went there, um, I really fell in love with the school. I mean I was like, wow, this is this place is special. It's amazing. Um, just like how I came here, and I was like, "Wow, this place is special, and it's amazing." <laughs> so, it's we're talking about Justin Yoon, Notre Dame kicker, the all-time leading scorer in university history here on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. You're Catholic, and you're at a Catholic university. How much does that go hand in hand for you, and how much does that uh, help you grow as maybe a person um, uh, spiritually be, be beyond just football? Sometimes there there are times where I've I'm just so focused at the matter of hand I don't think about that, but I do believe a lot of the fact of me being Catholic has impacted my life just because of the ways I look at myself. You know, I grew up this certain way because of my Catholic faith. I would say, um, you know, just. 
be who you are. Don't don't steal. Don't cheat. I mean, the the basic commandments. I mean, you you know those, and you look back at it, and it's it's simple yet. It's it's tough to tough to do sometimes, and I think those have kept me, you know, kept me in line and helped me do what I need to do throughout my life. I mean, to be honest, as as a kid, I probably wasn't a good kid. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I caused my parents a lot of trouble. I'm pretty sure I've you know I've lied before to them. But I think as I grew up, I started to understand my my faith was important, and I think that that has played a really important role in everything that I did. You know. Taught me. It helped me to keep myself in line. You know, I don't lie to my. I don't lie to coaches here. I don't. I don't do any of that stuff. You know, because my faith has kept me to do that. How, how many people were in the stands for your high school games? <sighs> I mean, I can barely even recall. Maybe, maybe a hundred to two hundred. I mean, it, it wasn't that many. I mean, yeah. friend, my friends didn't even come sometimes. So I mean, because it was. It's not a football dominating right. school. It's more of a basketball hockey you know type of school so so you go from that to 80,000 and you're starting as a freshman were there nerves that first game when you were out there oh yes definitely I mean you know I would have probably said at the time I wasn't nervous just so that I can you know help everyone else feel like I'm not nervous but I was definitely nervous I mean you go from 100 where you can you can actually hear people saying something to 80,000 where it's like it's roaring and you're like Oh my God! And the very first kick that I kick, they're already chanting my name. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, I think that was the most memorable part of my moment here, is the fact that I was kicking in front of everyone, and in front of every you know, eighty thousand that was there, and they're chanting my name. And I remember stepping back and over, and I didn't even realize I was stepping back and over. I was in my process, I didn't even realize it. My body was doing it on itself. And when I kicked the ball, I had to look up because I didn't know where it went. That's that's how crazy that game was. I looked up and I was like, oh, thank God I made it. Like, so, I mean, I was very nervous, but I had to show that it wasn't. <laughs> so how different are you now versus then? Oh, I'm definitely a lot more calm. I'm, I can tell where the ball is definitely and I know my process and make sure it's always correct I mean I'm always focused on what I need to do so it's a big difference um, I know where I'm at I'm not you know like still looking at fans and be like oh my gosh like what is this you know so I've definitely assimilated and gotten used to it do you know and you feel like you know what football is now <laughs> uh i would say i know it to a certain degree um <laughs> i still need to learn my rules um learn the rules i mean granted people say hey kickers don't have to know rules but i think it's important just just because you know you might want to know what the game's like so overall can you put in perspective how crazy it is to go from where you were at maybe 12 years old to to now where you where you stand now as notre dame's all-time leading score yes uh definitely i mean it's been a crazy ride uh I mean, I can't, I can't even just express how insane this ride has been. Just looking back and be like, wow, would I, if, I, if I was that kid, would I have ever thought this was possible? And no, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, my father didn't think so. No one in my family thought so. No one in the world probably thought so. I mean, just, it just happened to happen. And fate, fate was very, uh, you know, very good to me. And I'm very, very grateful for everything. That is Justin Yoon on Focus on Faith and, and Kevin. Uh, <laughs> pretty incredible story, isn't it? Yeah, what a neat, neat young man. His Catholic faith had to take him and be something he leaned on to go from not knowing what football is to the Notre Dame's leading store 
from kicking in front of uh, 100 people to 80,000. And then I think it was neat, too, that he focused on the mental part of the game because for the specialists, that's a huge part, that process and that kicking routine. Yeah, he doesn't get phased out there. Brian Kelly uh, in the preseason tried to phase him, yelling at him, and he completely tuned him out. Probably the only time you're allowed to tune out the head coach is when you're attempting field goals. So that that probably worked out pretty well for him. All right, if you like uh, all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life today. Coming up right after us, Lenny DiLorenzo, the McGrath Institute for Church Life is your host. That's next here on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Time for a timeout. When we return, Tim Priester of Irish Illustrated is in studio live with us as we give out our midterm grade reports, breaking down the Irish position by position. You're listening to Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio 95.7. Nicholas Palmer, player, each a winner of the prestigious U.S. Senior Open. Who will be next? Tom Watson, Fred Couples, Davis Love III, Bernhard Langer. For the first time ever, the U.S. Senior Open Championship will be played on a college campus. But not just any college campus, the University of Notre Dame and the Warren Golf Course June 24th through 30th, 2019. Don't miss your chance to witness history. Ticket packages are now available. Purchase your tickets today at 2019USSeniorOpen.com. Nicholas J. Salon and Spa on Eddy Street Commons, the ultimate salon experience. Whether it's a basic men's haircut, an everyday women's cut and color, a spa afternoon, or your wedding day, Nicholas J. Salon believes total beauty is within us all. Call Nicholas J. and Aveda Concept Salon today at 574-233-0700 or visit them on Eddy Street Commons. Our title sponsor for Irish Sports Saturdays is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. When you open an Elevate membership at Notre Dame FCU, you get $50 in your new account and another $50 for an eligible nonprofit like a Catholic high school, a parish, or even Redeemer Radio. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey with you as we get you set for Notre Dame and Pittsburgh coming up at 2.30 at Notre Dame Stadium. The Irish are 6-0, ranked 5th in the country, pit 3-3 three and three on the season. Tim Priester of Irish Illustrated joining us live in studio right now. Uh, Tim, how long have you been on the Notre Dame beat? 112 years. Okay, that seemed about right. I thought so. I thought you were rivaling the late great Jeff Jeffers in terms of longevity. 37. 37 years. And uh, obviously, great work at Irish Illustrated. I encourage all of you uh, to subscribe to irishillustrated.com. Great website. And, and you know all things Notre Dame here. And this has been a crazy season, hasn't it? In terms of it's a tale of two seasons already well someone said to me the other day wow it's a fun team to watch and i said you weren't saying that after three weeks but they definitely i mean they definitely are now the the offense has been revived and i you know i mean they're scoring at a a 46 point clip the last three weeks and that that makes the rest of the football team better it makes an already very good defense uh that that much better because it's not on the field as much and it's uh um you know uh, in the fourth quarter um, you know, the game hasn't been on the line here the last three weeks. So, and special teams have been, with the exception of that kick return by Michigan and then the bad snap on the punt last week, special teams have been good. So, it's a really good football team right now. Well, and I think that, you know, putting those three phases together is really what gets the fans excited. Um, and as from a coaching perspective, to have that consistency now and then the explosive offense is very exciting. 
All right, uh, let's uh, go through our midterm grade reports. We're midway through the season. Kevin and I gave our first quarter grade reports, and remember, that was through the first three games, led by Brandon Wimbush, and then it's obviously been very different. So after the first quarter, we gave Kevin gave the quarterbacks a C. I gave uh, surprisingly gave Wimbush a B minus through the first three games, but they were three and zero. So I'm going to defend myself and. And say maybe I was grading a CP class there, and uh, now it's AP honors. But uh, Kevin, what do you got uh, for your midterm grade report at quarterback? Well, I'm going to go with an A. Um, you know, book and his confidence, and the way he gets of all the other re- receivers, the running backs, everybody, it just makes the offense go. Tim, what do you got? Uh, I, I'm a, I'm going to say B plus with that. T- <laughs> trending strongly upward <laughs> after the first three games. You know, I, I mean, you have to factor in the first three games, but uh, Ian Book is rapidly taking this into the A range. Yeah, I went with A- minus for the same reason, because the first three games still count. So yeah. you have to actually take that into consideration. All right, running backs, uh, first quarter grades. Kevin, you gave a C. I gave a C+. Plus. What do you got now? An A just because of Dexter and his explosiveness. Like, he's a difference maker. Yeah, I mean, kind of along the lines of the quarterback position, it's certainly trending in that direction. You know, Dexter Williams has played two games. He's a leading rusher. I mean, that's how yeah. effective he's been, 161 and 178 yards. But, um, you know, I have it a B plus, but it, this is this is quickly becoming a, a, an A grade. And it's really important that they get Jafar Armstrong back. He's the receiving threat in the backfield. I don't think they really want to throw it too much to Dexter Williams. And that's fine. And Jafar Armstrong should be back after uh, after the uh, the break after the bye week. Yeah, I go with a B plus because yes, the ninety seven yard touchdown counts. There's no question. But it's not like the run game was clicking on all cylinders out before that run happened last week against Virginia Tech. Wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, Kevin went with a C. I went with a C after the first three games. Now, what do you say, Kevin? I think an A. You know, for wide receivers, you got Boykin and Fink who are having breakout games. But then even just the uh, the tight end position have three different contributors that all play roles and come out and and make it happen. And again, the difference is book getting the ball to those guys. I, I'm, I'm a broken record here. I'm saying B plus, <laughs> but but you know, and that's because I don't. A lot of it is the first three games, certainly, and Boykin, the last two games, with 19 catches, 261 yards, and three touchdowns. I think they can do, I think there's more to be done with the tight end position. In fact, I'm predicting that something big is going to happen with the tight end position today against Pittsburgh. I'm going to go with A minus. Um, I think the first three games, yes, we have to count them, but I also think a lot of that was Wimbush um, and, and the effects that that had. I know through the first three games, we were wondering if the wide receivers were bringing him down or or whether or not he was bringing them down. And I think we're seeing, obviously, they're clicking pretty well. Tim Priester of Irish Illustrated joining us live in studio as we're going through our midterm grade reports for the Notre Dame football team. And now comes the offensive line. Kevin said a C. I said a C after the first quarter grade reports. Uh, Kevin, now you're... You're feeling much better. You have a little theme here with your grades right now. That's true. Just like when I was a teacher, I give all A's. (laughs) (laughs) That's what got me teacher of the year. No, um, in all honesty, if you look at the offensive line, the way that they responded and reacted to Alex Barr's going down, you know, their best player, their leader, I'm really impressed with how they're playing as a unit. I have B minus. They struggled against Ball State. Uh, They struggled – Throughout most of the Michigan game, now that's a tough run defense, and I, you know, I just 
last week against Virginia, Virginia Tech, it wasn't until the second half and uh, before they really broke things open. So I think the loss of Alex Bars is going to prove significant, but probably not really significant until a playoff situation, quite frankly, because I think Trevor Rulin's good enough uh, at, at left guard to keep them moving forward with the running game, especially with Armstrong coming back with Dexter Williams. But I think I still think there's a lot for that offensive line to prove. You think about it. You know, uh, since last year, they're down Nelson, McGlinchey, and now Bars, mm-hmm. and that's a pr- pr- pretty significant uh, uh, piece out of a really great offensive line last year. I'll go with B+. Uh, defensive line now has moved to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, these were all positive grades through the first three games, and they continue to be. Kevin had an A-, minus. I had an A, and, and Kevin, you're, you're, you're upping that a little bit here. Yeah, I think that... Tillery and uh, Kareem are really uh, impact players, but the neat thing for me is just to see all the different guys that they're getting in. They're getting depth, and if there is going to be a playoff run, that's what uh, you're going to need. I'm in the A, maybe A minus because they have given up some rushing yards. They did a little bit last week. They got uh, gouged a little bit by Virginia Tech, but this defensive line has really been so good. The pass rush is outstanding. It comes from multiple people. Uh, it will continue to come from multiple people, especially if and when they get Dalen Hayes back. It could be today. Uh, Brian Kelly said he would, but you know we'll see exactly. But th- there, there's so much productivity there, depth, and that's without Myron Tagovailoa, Mosa, who, who's been injured, and he was a key part as well. Kurt Heinisch has been outstanding off the bench for them in nose tackle. I'm going to give him an A-plus because of that depth. No Dalen Hayes last week. A quarrel went out because of the targeting, and the defensive line still played well. So I think i got to give him an A-plus. I don't usually grade that well. We're presented by Orange Theory Fitness, voted the best one-hour full-body workout in the country. I went Tuesday this week. I'll be honest. Uh, it was very challenging. The great thing about a group workout is that I had people around me to encourage me, and then there's a coach to help you too. In the end, burned 821 calories in one hour. Arn Siri Fitness located at Heritage Square in Granger. Your first workout is free. All right, we'll pick up the pace here, guys. Uh, linebackers, uh, Kevin, you went A-plus. I went A-minus through the first uh, quarter grade, and uh, I think we're in the same range here uh, through the midterm. Yeah, Tavon and Tranquil, um, again, a Plus, they're really great. They're fast. They, they're they physical. Um, and Tranquil playing with that broken hand, I mean, that's really cool. I'm at a, a here. Coney and Tranquil are that you know among the best duos at inside linebacker in the country. And Asmar Blau has played – has really gotten better, I think, each week and, and has played beyond – what my expectations were for him because he, you know, he didn't have a ton of experience and he had been a little bit inconsistent, but that's a really good linebacker core. Not much depth, but yeah. that's because those guys are so good and you don't want to take them off the well, field. Well, that's my only concern because if someone uh, – obviously, Tranquil's got the broken wrist, but if something more happens, uh, I don't know what's behind, uh, to say the least. All right, secondary. Kevin went A. I had B-plus through the first three games. Uh, Kevin, you're going with an A again? I give all A's. But in all seriousness, <laughs> the, the safeties are really, really good. They let them do so many things schematically, and then love is a difference maker too. The safeties have gotten – have become so much better than they were last year. Lohi Gilman has a lot to do with that, but Jalen Elliott is playing at a level uh, at a level I never expected this year. The corners are are good. I mean, we all know Julian Love. Uh, Troy Pride's a little banged up right now, but I'm in the A range for those guys back there. Um, again, a little bit of concern. They don't play many safeties. A little bit of concern about depth. You know, they rotate so much on the defensive line, which is where you generally rotate on defense. Uh, but this is a good secondary. I give them an A. 
All right, I'm going to go with a minus. Uh, nickel Maybe the only concern, really, on the team right now. Special teams. Kevin, you went with an A. I went with a B through the first three games. And, uh, again, you're going with the A. We, you don't even have to give us your opinion this time because we know you're going with an A. Um, I go with the B plus. Tim, what, do, what are you going with I'm special a, teams? I'm a B plus. Anytime you give up a 99-yard kickoff return, <laughs> uh, albeit in the first game of the season. And they really have been very good since then. I, I don't think that Brian Polian has gotten enough credit for how good they've been since that uh, since that kick return. He can't do anything about a bad snap. John Shannon's never had one before. Everything in between there has been really, really good. I have uh, – what did I have? B+. Plus. B+. Plus. I think that's what you said. All right, uh, coaching uh, through the first three games. Kevin said B. I said B-. minus. Kevin, what are you saying now? I think an A, just because of the, the changes that Brian Kelly has been able to make to improve and as the season goes and with different people. I, I can't argue with an A. I mean, they're they're number five in the country. They deserve to be there. Uh, the the change to Ian Book was, was gutsy. I, some people say, well, why didn't they do it before? I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure that they saw this Ian Book on the practice field. He has been even better in they games. Should, they saw him in the games. Yeah. What? When? Which game? <laughs> the Citrus Bowl. Well, okay. the spring but game. But that was it. Yeah, that that was in a backup role. And you you have to understand why they stay with Brandon Wimbush because he rushed for eight eight hundred yards last year. He had fourteen rushing touchdowns, and they were a great red zone team with him. So you understand having been a coach. And he won you a lot under, of games, right? right? That's how you're yes, judged. And he won a lot of games. <laughs> Having been a coach, it's 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 always easy to be second guessed. And I understood where they're coming from, but but Ian Book has has risen to a level that I don't that I think the coaching staff didn't uh, didn't see coming. All right, so not being a coach, I'll go with A minus because I still think they should have started Book from the beginning. <laughs> All right, overall, uh, Kevin, you had a, a B. I had a B plus through the first three games, uh, and, and clearly it makes sense why why. We're both giving out A's here right now. Yeah, I think it could be a really special team in a special season. I think they just have to keep uh, putting their exclamation point on it. I'm at A also, averaging 46 points per game the last three weeks. Uh, the defense has been good since the outset of the season. Special teams very consistent. I mean, and give Brian Kelly a ton of credit. I mean, this team has come, what are they, 16-3 and three in the last 19 games under him after they were coming off 4-8 and eight and people wanted him fired. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing they didn't fire him. Tim Priester of Irish Illustrated joining us live in studio as we get set for the Notre Dame pick game at 2.30. Tim is a Marion High and Notre Dame alum going into the Marion High School Hall of Fame coming up in a little bit, huh, Timmy? How about that? I talked to a, a, a high school classmate and told her just yesterday and told her that I was being inducted, and she said, for what? <laughs> I said, did you? Did you yeah, did you not? Well, she lives in Chicago. Did you not know that I coached Marion baseball? And she said, no. Uh, but that's ancient history now. I can't believe it's six years. It's been six years since I coached. But uh, yeah, I mean, really happy about that. Really, really proud of the kids that that we coached and made it possible for me to be in this situation. Also, Joe Nucciaroni, my assistant coach, is going into the Marion Hall of Fame at the same time, which is a real kick for us. So very uh, very humbled and honored by that, no doubt about it. Uh, I, I know a year ago you went through a very difficult situation with a heart attack just before a, a football game, and you are blessed to have – to really be in a lucky position that you had EMTs that were just, uh, just a few feet away. Uh, looking back now, how, how – how grateful and yeah. do you remain for yeah. the situation you were in that you were so lucky to be where you were at that, that moment? Well, even prior to November 4th of last year, the blessings in my life have been manyfold. And then what has happened since then has been absolutely incredible. I have so much to live for, including my son's uh, marriage next May 
And, um, yeah, I mean, very grateful. And um, I always consider myself to be a spiritual person, but when something like that happens, it, uh, you know, it taps into a different, uh, a different level for you. And so absolutely very grateful for a million things in my life. Uh, tell us how uh, people can subscribe to Irish Illustrated. Uh, just go online. Go to irishillustrated.com. We, uh, we have a great staff. I, I'm surrounded by a bunch of great people, and we cover this absolutely inside and out. There, one thing that people subscribe to irishillustrated.com, they complain about a lot of things because they're Notre Dame fans. That's what they do. <laughs> but they never say, you know, you guys don't have enough content on, yeah. on your website. Uh, we hit it top to bottom recruiting as well. Uh, I'm there uh, a lot myself uh, to prep for our show sometimes, so a little hint, hint that uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. All right, we're we're way over time in this segment, as we always are at this point, so we're going to go rapid fire in the next segment as we preview the matchup with Notre Dame and Pittsburgh. Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays is back right after this. We know you like football, so do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Touchdown! Hey, football fans. This is Steve Pizarro from Cressy Everett Real Estate. If you're considering buying or selling your home, then listen up and visit SouthBendSteve.com. Just like in football, the excellence is in the execution. So forget the stress of buying or selling a home and call me today at 574-229-4040. That's 229-4040. So remember, Steve Bizarro, your Michiana real estate expert, and visit SouthBendSteve.com. When we talk about Pittsburgh... Um, you know, Pat Narduzzi uh, is somebody that I'm very familiar with uh, as a former uh, Michigan State defensive coordinator. We've had many uh, battles uh, with him, and now as the head coach, we know the style of football, physical, um, hard nose, run the football, uh, aggressive defense. Uh, we're going to get that again. They beat a very good Syracuse team last week, coming off a great victory, a lot of momentum. That's Notre Dame football coach Brian Kelly on the Pitt Panthers trying to convince us why they have a shot to beat the Irish here today. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey, and Tim Priester of Irish Illustrated, our guests here in the back end of the show. Uh, Tim, we'll just we'll get right into that. Maybe the Pitt offense in particular. They do have a good running back, uh, which could be a problem for the Irish today. Yeah, Kadri Allison a, a, is a load. He, he's tough to handle. Their offensive line is, is kind of light. Uh, which which works to their advantage. I think they're they're pretty mobile, and so Allison, not a great running back, but a guy that you have to respect. He's going to break some tackles. I think he's, you know, I think he's kind of a handful. Stephen Peoples uh, did a little damage against Notre Dame's D line last week, and I, I think he could as well. Uh, but they've got a lot of problems. This is a, this is a Pittsburgh team that is bad in a lot of ways on both sides of the football and special teams uh, at I mean they virtually lost the Penn State game because of special teams here's what Drew Tranquil had to say about Pitt's offense this week a lot like LSU um, get you around move you around formationally get your eyes in the wrong places uh, big physical downhill running backs um, you know that are going to accumulate yards and try to keep the chains moving so uh, we got to fit our assignments right and finish on the ball carrier 
That's Drew Tranquil. If you're in the market to buy or sell a home, I can't recommend real estate agent Steve Bizarro of Cressy and Everett enough. A friend recommended Steve to us, and he was so easy to work with. Found my wife and I in a home that we love. Take my recommendation. Contact Steve Bizarro of Cressy and Everett Real Estate, 574-229-4040 or southbendsteve.com. Pitt's defense, eh. Struggling. Yeah, and now they've lost their best player. Yeah, Quentin Wargenis, their uh, their leading tackler, leading tackles for loss, sacks, everything. He does a laundry for him too. Uh, he uh, <laughs> that's a, it's a it's a huge loss for them, and it, you know it didn't it didn't happen in the win. It was a big win over Syracuse last week, uh, but you know Syracuse is defensively challenged at times, and so that became a shootout. But that that that's significant. Uh, you know when that happens, a non contact injury on a Tuesday of Notre Dame week. You know you just you're just coming off a win. You're believing that you're hey maybe we got a shot here. And then the leader of your defense is injured. Kevin, what's your key to the game here today? I think it comes to Pitt is good at the run game. If Notre Dame defense can stop that run game, you make them one-dimensional and you take away their biggest weapon. I'm going to go with Ian Book's mental state. I don't necessarily want to get into this too much, but there were some rumors out there that were unfounded about maybe some academic stuff with Ian Book. Again, the only reason I bring it up is because it was out there enough that maybe it affects Ian Book here today in terms of whether or not he was bothered by that earlier in the week. But that was early in the week, and and hopefully he's behind that and it doesn't. But that's the only way I could see uh, this being a factor. Let's go to our game predictions. Tim, what do you got? Well, let me just throw in uh, midterm exams. Notre Dame was yes, in those this week. Point. And uh, like Alohi Gilman, for example, said he had a final exam every day and had three or four hours sleep. You know, every night, so that plays a factor. Uh, that, too. that that plays a factor. Having said that, uh, you know, I, Pittsburgh's struggling, and and I think that Notre Dame just comes close to hitting their mark. Um, maybe maybe they don't score as much as we might anticipate, but I think Pittsburgh's going to have a hard time scoring. I have Notre Dame thirty-eight, Pittsburgh thirteen. Kevin, Notre Dame forty-five, Pitt twenty. You know, I I don't know what I had here. I didn't write anything down. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with 41-24. I I do think this is gonna be closer for a while than people want it to be, and and I think ultimately Notre Dame will pull away in the end. Uh, Tim, thank you very much for for coming in and joining us. My pleasure, Ansh. Thank you. That is Tim Priester of Irish Illustrated. Subscribe to Irish Illustrated at irishillustrated.com. That'll do it for Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, where you bank does matter. Our show also presented by Orange Theory Fitness in Granger, voted the best one-hour full-body workout. Thanks to our audio operator, Joe Andert, for Tim Priester of Irish Illustrated for joining us live in studio. For Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo, Notre Dame and Pitt will kick off at 2.30 this afternoon. We close out our pregame the same way the Irish close their pregame with a prayer from one of the Irish team chaplains. This is Father Mark Thiesing, chaplain for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish football team. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Our Lady of Victory, pray for us. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game. We 
are Redeemer Radio, Catholic Radio for Michiana, 95.7 FM, WRDI, Napanee, South Bend, Elkhart. Welcome home to your family of faith.